Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... Wow, it's already the 21st of October. Wow, October 21st in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always, to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our blueprint, our guide, if you will. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And furthermore, we're absolutely encouraged by the incredible checks and balances our founding fathers put in place. That's one of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips for solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic. We're taking America back. Faith-filled, by the way, as we do so. Uh, One heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Yesterday, we had on Eldon Stahl with us, field coordinator for the John Birch Society. We also had on Kelly Finnegan uh, with the Honest Money Report. We talked about constitutional currency. We talked about a Bloomberg economics model by the end of 2023 or October 2023 predicts a 100% recession. The price of candy, chewing gum, and other sweets at the highest level ever recorded, ladies and gentlemen, as inflation skyrockets. We talked about the deep state is rapidly moving towards a compulsory digital dollar. Global diesel shortage, they say, may get worse ahead of the winter, says Bloomberg. Social Security, they say, has a big 8% increase coming. But it's only big if you believe the inflation is only 8%. If you're convinced, like we are, that it's over 17%, that big ain't too big anymore. It doesn't even keep up, and neither does whatever your salary is, unless you got at least a 17-plus percent raise last year. If you got a 17% raise, then you're probably about on par. Otherwise, you're losing ground. Biden's Department of State spent more than $20,000 on drag performances in Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion. It's a disgrace, ladies and gentlemen, but that's what you have. Now, they all want you to believe it's okay because they say, don't worry, inflation brings lower tax rates uh, if your salary is not kept pace with inflation. So you're all good, they say, if you... Uh, aren't making enough money, or if you're going backwards, it's all good because taxes will, what, bail you out? Is that the deal? Anyway, that's the economic update. And without further ado, Dr. Scott Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Bradley. Well, thank you. I, uh, As I listened to that, again, a litany of oriented offals, the, um, each one of them is, is, is kind of a great temptation to me as a shiny object to spend time on. But, you know, it's it's interesting to me that they'll probably make a big deal. What is it, 18 days to the election, they say, uh, which is really, really, really not correct. Uh, almost everywhere, including my, my little local area, uh, sent out the uh, paper ballots a week or so ago. Uh, people are voting even as we speak. The nefarious, dastardly s- scheme of theft of elections is underway even as we speak. And so the uh, 8th of November really is uh, 
is is kind of a you know an illusion uh, and i they're one of the reasons i'm i'm super sensitive to that is that we've spent the last few days uh trying to uh regain some nefarious things that happened in our local election uh, by some that hold power and know how to manipulate the system. Uh, they used taxpayer dollars to publish and endorse and facilitate and encourage the, uh, the voting in favor of uh, the, one of their favorite little you know, pet projects without any advance notice that anybody it was happening. Uh, some of us, such as myself, I would have written opposing positions uh, in regards to it, uh, but they sent out the taxpayer-funded uh, review of it with only favorable remarks, nothing against it. And uh, those are the kind of things that happen. Um, <coughs> we're trying to push back now at great expense because we don't, well, who would have said the taxpayers should have to pay for my argument, but at least it would have been nice to have it go out the same time at, with no additional expense for it. But that's the kind of thing that's going on right now, the early election kind of thing. I mean, they land on somebody's front porch, they go and um, send it back in, and then some scandalous thing comes out, uh, whether it's um, some immoral act by a, a uh, incumbent or something. Or, But no, no, the votes are already in, folks. Uh, it's already been sent down. This This entire election thing has absolutely been completely... It's been spun and twist in every way that can cause a scandal. Well, there's no question. The FBI literally promoting stories that are fraudulent about Donald Trump until um, they knew intelligently that it wasn't factual, but they perpetuated it anyway and co-opted the media into their agenda. Then they spiked stories on Hunter and Joe uh, so that they wouldn't become in the news. Uh, they're just absolutely distorting the news to manipulate elections. FBI in bed with the media to do it. Now uh, Joe Biden literally... Um, you know, draining the oil reserves, that's a debatable discussion in the first place about oil reserves, but ahead of the election to lower gas prices, the block of discussions of reality on the crisis on the border ahead of the elections. I mean, they're literally um, committing election fraud in every way possible. We bring it up and then they say, hey, without evidence, we talk about election fraud. Well, this Connex uh, gentleman, uh, Mr. Yu, uh, literally got arrested not too long ago. I mean, how much more evidence do we have to give than arrests, Dr. Bradley? Well, there's there's just a plethora. At every blink of the eye and turn of the head, you can come across everything you need to have if you if you're honestly willing to receive it. There's a there's a a willing ignorance that's that's happening. And um, you know, it's uh, have you stopped beating your wife yet, Sam? I mean, the the kinds of questions they're asking are just they dig a hole and they say, you know, we've buried them in that a long time. When I was in talking to our county clerk uh, the other day, two days ago, uh, in his office to, about some of the egregious injustices that had been done in how they're handling our local election, on his desk was a, a pamphlet I asked him about. It's interesting, he had a picture of Clarence Thomas looking over his shoulder and he had, I mean, things, you know, books there that say, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a principled guy that stands with correct government and everything. I told him, I made a point of it. You know, you got Clarence Thomas looking over your shoulder there. Do you think that ought to affect the way you're doing your business? He uh, he had on his desk a pamphlet about, and that the exact title eludes me, but it was something to the effect 
you know, how the FBI prote uh, protects the integrity of, of your elections. And I tapped it on his desk and I said, um, I'd like to talk with you about how they are really protecting or are they facilitating? Well, the and what authority of does the FBI even have regarding elections? Agreed. Too? Agreed. When, where's the written documentation about what the FBI's authority is and who granted that authority and what authority do they have to grant that authority? Sorry to sound well, so strange about that, but those are the real <laughs> questions to ask, right? Absolutely. There's zero uh, authority to intervene whatsoever by the FBI. And if you go back and you read the original intent of the American Founding Fathers regarding elections, it was their intent that those elections will be handled by the states and localities. And uh, that layer of protection prevented this, this vast kind of undertow that happened it's been happening a long time, but 2020 really brought it to a head. Well, the intention the was that if every election was dealt with locally or on the level that it related to, meaning uh, uh, jurisdictional boundaries, then even if you had election fraud, say, in uh, Pennsylvania or in a given county in Pennsylvania, you wouldn't have election fraud all over the country. And what they've turned this right. into is everything is now federal when it comes to elections. Federal investigators are going to appear at the election. Um, you know, federal FBI agents are going to make sure of this and that. FBI agents are going to use, um, in my opinion, illegal um, extradition to try to get people uh, into D.C. You know, so they can go ahead and say what they want. We interviewed Weston Martinez yesterday, who happens to be an arbitrator and a government affairs strategist, uh, vice president of business development with a law firm, etc., he created a website called VoterFBI.org, Dr. Bradley, and this VoterFBI.org documents how fraudulent the FBI is and how the violation of extradition laws has been engaged in by the FBI when they you know, bring all these January 6th people to Washington, D.C., lock them in a prison, deny them due process, claim they're guilty. Uh, you know, they just sit and rot there. Um, you know, it's crazy. We talked about the role in sh of sheriffs in local elections. Election laws are different in every state for a reason, to make your very point. Uh, you know, federal agents are trying to show up on election day to try to control all this, but they don't have any authority at all. The role of sheriffs as chief law enforcement officers should be protecting the chain of custody when it comes to elections, chain of custody meaning in ballots. They should be protecting and, and watching poll watchers. They can deputize poll watchers uh, or from the posse or from the, their own deputies. Um, folks. When the feds are operating outside the law and appearing there, sheriffs can literally escort them off the premises. Feds have no authority to usurp poll watchers whatsoever. Voting machine reliabilities are a big concern. Are these machines certified and classified as, quote, industrial equipment? There's laws that relate to that kind of stuff. So there's all, I mean, it, it just doesn't end. And the more we study about this, the more we dig in, the more fraud, the more um, outside-the-law votes we find, Doctor. Well, and I know we're running out of time this first segment, but uh, honestly, the original intent of the American Founding Fathers, again, was to have it locally owned and operated, if you will. But if, you've got, if we can spend a minute or two on the, after the break, I want to give you a bigger thing to chew on and worry about because it's going United Nations, kids. I understand, um, and, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about that. We'll also elections. talk about this issue with uh, people are disappearing. We'll do it in seconds on your radio. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Live, ladies and gentlemen, you think elections are bad with the general government getting involved where they have no authority, the federal government, the FBI, etc., etc., etc. It's going international, Dr. Bradley. Well, I mean, it's it's very much on that trajectory. Uh, again, going back to the original intent, the writings of the Constitution, who sets the rules and regulations, and every step that's happened uh, is, has been to federalize it, if you will, to bring it to the general government. And uh, so everyone is another encroachment of the effort since the 2020 election, of course, has been to canonize uh, the debauchery of the 2020 election. But it's interesting to me that uh, internationally, we've talked on this show about the Chinese police agencies that are going to like New York and so on. But there's other things, and, and our good friend Chuck Baldwin uh, has, has uh, published a deal about a gun show that went on uh, up in Montana and the Canadians and the feds were there taking pictures of people's license plates. And so what were the Canadians doing there? And so, you know, and the, you look at the regional uh, arrangements of the United Nations, and we could talk at length out of uh, a Chapter 8 of the United Nations uh, Charter about regional arrangements and how those things are arms of the United Nations. And so, you know, uh, NATO and, and uh, the European Union and uh, the uh, North American Union that they've been working on since George W. Well, at least he was very prominent in that time, the Security and Prosperity Partnership. And you say, but what the heck does this do with elections or policing? Well, Utah has, has authorized non-citizens uh, to be police officers. And if you look in Chapter 16 of the United Nations Charter, Articles 104 and 105, 
uh, let me just read you a couple of really quick statements out of that. Think about this for a minute. The organization, meaning the United Nations, shall enjoy in the territory of each of its members such legal capacity as may be necessary for the exercise of the functions and the fulfillment of its purposes. Okay, so j just stop for a minute. The United Nations is ultimately de de designed to be the form of governance that will run the world, okay? And so the fulfillment of its functions, could they come to in someday and say, oh no, you know, the FBI has been watching your poll watchers, but that isn't really good enough. You need international involvement. Now again, all of this is uh, clear back until for, uh, 1648, the Westphalian Treaty would say, no, they can't do that. But they've been moving towards this quickly. In Article 105, uh, let's read uh, point one. The organization, meaning the United Nations, shall enjoy in the territory of each of its members such privileges and immunities as are necessary for the fulfillment of its purposes. Purpose is to bring about world government, people. Point two, representatives of the members of the United Nations and officials of the organization shall similarly enjoy such privileges and immunities as are necessary for the independent exercise of their functions in connection with the organization, meaning the United Nations. People, you need to understand, the chains have been forged. They are being placed upon us. I'll give you an example. Again, out of Salt Lake City, our home state and uh, the capital city of our state. Here a few years ago, they had a United Nations um, conference that happened. They, they took the big conference center there. Some people I know personally and well went there with valid uh, press credentials to do reporting on it. And they filmed an interaction they had in the entrance to that. They were told very belligerently by the United Nations representatives that at, that that building, that conference, was United Nations sovereign territory. And U.S. law did not apply in that a people. That's happened in my home state, in my capital city. And <clears throat> these people... They read their documents. Just because we don't doesn't mean that uh, they aren't going to leverage it. Now, of course, we know the Constitution is supreme. It's paramount. It's superior to any legislation, any international agreement, anything that happens. And we have uh, Supreme Court decisions. We have the words of the Founding Fathers. We have plain English constitutional words. We have logic, reason, and intelligence. But that doesn't mean that they won't play on our ignorance and say, oh, no, we, we have all the legal capacity to do all of these things. And when we have idiots, the Utah legislature passed that law about the police officers not having to be citizens. 100%. There was not a dissenting vote. Well, and, now they, and now they action. literally have Chinese police department uh, or police uh, station, exactly. uh, police department in New York City, ladies and exactly. gentlemen. Exactly. I mean, this it, is the insanity we're going and, you know, you think, well, that's just whacked out in New York City. No, a similar reality is in Utah, ladies and gentlemen. That's the problem. So we're talking about the New York Times even literally calling for foreign intervention in the U.S. elections via the U.N. Now, when they call for that, in my opinion, that's criminalistic. I mean, you can't just call uh, for that kind of stuff. That, uh, I mean, when does it border on treason, doctor? Well, it's not bordering on it. It's absolutely the abrogation of every responsibility that anybody that holds office anywhere. I'll be that broad in the net. I mean, stop and think about it. The whole hope 
of the American Founding Fathers in 1776 was on something that had been signed 128 years late, earlier, excuse me, in, in 1648. No international intervention within our sovereign country. None. Amen Zero. to that Nada. reality check. Now, here's the problem, though. They're starting to make people disappear. I don't know if you read about this Emmy Award-winning ABC News journalist. His name is George, James Gordon Meek. And James Gordon Meek uh, remains missing after heavily armed FBI agents raided his home and seized his laptop, which they claim contained classified information. Um, but you know what? He's disappeared. They don't know where he is, and he's been gone since April. If that isn't enough for you, Drudge finally cancels WND after 24 years. Well, now the question then, Joseph Farah over at WND asks, hey, is Matt Drudge dead? If not, where is he? Joseph Farah asked the question in WND.com. No one knows where Matt Drudge is. And so you look at that thing and you say, well, wait a minute. Now people are starting to disappear or completely get attacked. Alex Jones got annihilated with a billion-dollar, you know, judgment supposedly against him. For what? Expressing his opinion? Other people might have been bad actors, but he's not responsible for the actions of other people. Now they're trying to pin Kanye West saying, hey, you can't claim George Floyd died from drug overdose, even though that's what one of the uh, expert um, witnesses, oh, coroners or whatever you want to call them, basically testified to they just said he's up in the night too and now now they want to sue kanye west for a quarter of a billion dollars saying you can't say that uh we, we've gone into psycho land i'm telling you right now now there's a lawsuit biden illegally withholding the jfk assassination files they were supposed to be released by law and donald trump wouldn't release them claiming national security now biden won't release them either um, we, uh, our government has just absolutely gotten above the people in secret combinations that are not secret anymore, Doctor. They're in your face. That's right. They're they're completely in the open for anybody that has eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to feel. But but we have way gone beyond that. Most of the sheeple, and and the, uh, you know we've used that term for many decades now, but have become so distracted by the circus and bread and everything else like that that the establishment's offering. And we've become so absolutely ignorant of, I mean, you know, that little example of the United Nations uh, Charter, which is basically the Constitution of the United Nations, that basically gives itself, grants itself authority over us at every step of the way. I mean, we could we could speak at length. I mean, whether it's this uh, WikiLeaks guy and, you know, uh, Assange. I mean, he's a reporter. He reports things, and now they're trying to hang him. Uh, you, you look at the Infowars deal where a billion dollars is assessed of against somebody that, that has an opinion. You you know, you're every step of the way. I mean, I've been censored by YouTube. 1,500 videos dropped off. It's it's become commonplace for, for if you have a con contradictory perspective. I'll give you another one. Uh, just recently, there was a midshipman, a, you know, a, a cadet, if you will, at the U.S. Uh, Naval Academy in Annapolis. And uh, they were having a kind of an interaction, uh, a skip level kind of thing where, you know, you got to talk to senior officers and there was 4,000 cadets there. And this kid says, hey, you know, it, it's, it violates my honor to have to take the COVID shot. Whoa, shut up. You don't want to talk about that. You can't. No, I'll have that conversation with you, but I won't have it in front of 4,000 people. You know what? The leadership has failed. The leadership of the Navy has failed 
And and you know, it used to be the Navy had a really, really uh, kind of a, I don't know what you'd call it, a, uh, there was this stand tall, take the lashing if you have to, but we're going to do the right thing. And ever since the day uh, Bill Clinton was, was inaugurated, uh, the military has basically become a, a bunch of toadies that are politically correct. There's very, very few good leadership anymore. It's just been a bizarre thing. It's been eroded tremendously. Anyway. Well, ladies and gentlemen, now the abortion issue is absolutely a quintessential discussion. Pro-life versus death. We'll talk about it on your radio with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds. FreedomsRisingSun.com Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Russian and Ukrainian troops appear to be setting the stage for a major battle over the strategic southern industrial port city of Kyrgyzstan. That's in a region which Russian President Vladimir Putin has illegally annexed into Russia. Kyrgyzstan City, a pre-war population of about 284,000 people. Raleigh police believe the shooting rampage that left five dead in North Carolina's capital city last week began when the 15-year-old suspect shot and killed his older brother. That's according to a report released Thursday. Raleigh's police chief provided the report to the city manager. A former gynecologist at UCLA in Southern California was found guilty Thursday of five counts of abusing female patients. In a criminal case that came after the university system made nearly $700 million in lawsuit payouts. The Los Angeles jury found Dr. James Heaps not guilty of seven of the 21 counts and were deadlocked on the remaining charges. A recent Monmouth poll, as President Biden is taking his 50th vacation day Friday, only 31% of Americans believe he is paying attention to what matters most as we head into his report card, a.k.a. the midterm elections. GOP Senator John Kennedy on Fox News. President Biden's policies have tainted almost defiled the American dream. Uh, President Biden, under President Biden's policies, it's harder than ever to get ahead in our country, and it's easier than ever to do nothing. Elon Musk and Tesla announced that its third quarter profit more than doubled from a year ago. Higher volume of vehicle sales is being attributed. The Austin, Texas electric vehicle and solar panel maker posted a net income of $3.29 billion from July through September. A TGIF to you, my friend. USA Radio News. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 
800-987-1097. 800-987-1097. That's 800-987-1097. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, FreedomsRisingSun.com, for his incredible collegiate series on To Preserve the Nation, along with his weekly webinars and a whole lot more Q&As on the Constitution. Great, great webinars every week and more. Ladies and gentlemen, FreedomsRisingSun.com is where you can learn more about that. Now, I want to talk about this latest change from your government. So you know, (coughs) folks, that uh, the government outlawed abortions at the general government level, right? Okay. The Pentagon now will provide, quote, travel funds and support for troops and their dependents who seek abortions but are based in states where they are now illegal, according to a new department policy so the military will also release uh, and increase privacy protections for those seeking abortions or care. The orders issued by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, and it outlines the, quote, rights and protections service members and their dependents will have regardless of where they are based, which was a key concern of troops after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, they claim, Uh, Back in June. Now, access to abortion, they say, has become a central issue in the midterm elections. President Joe Biden promised this week that the first bill he sends to Capitol Hill will literally pay for abortions and fund the costs to go ahead and uh, promote abortions and pay for it with our tax dollars abortions. He also says this, if Democrats win... Then what he'll do is he'll send a bill, or he'll send, they call it the first bill he sends to Capitol Hill. Now, I didn't know the president was supposed to send bills to Capitol Hill. I thought any spending bill uh, originated in the House, but I digress. But he says, hey, the bill will be one that writes abortion protections into the law if Democrats control enough seats to pass it. Folks, your government has flat out become a killer on record, Dr. Bradley flat out kill the most innocent among us by force of your stolen taxpayers funding this is insane well it's it's actually uh treasonable in terms of impeachable i mean you know we we i know the definition of treason is written very carefully and narrowly in the constitution but everyone takes an oath to uphold the constitution the president is violating at every rule and so is is the Congress. They have completely abrogated their responsibility. They've taken all of the fetters off, and they're going to run wild and uh, run off the cliff, and they already are, actually. We could take it at a point at a time. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14 says that Congress has power to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. Congress is the one that does that. It's not some idiot wearing stars on his shoulders that's doing these kind of things like spending money to kill babies before they get born. Now, of course, they kill a lot of babies after they're born, and that's another discussion. 
But the point of the matter is there's a lot of uh, bills right now in front of both the House and the Senate in regards to canonizing uh, or legalizing, if you want to put it that way, abortion in the United States on a general government level. There's an attempt to um, uh, make a federal law about it, if you will. There's efforts to uh, fund travel, as you pointed out, travel and and, uh, food and housing and everything else that might be associated with going to another state. They have not passed House or the Senate at this point, but we get an idea of the mental depravity of those that hold office when we see these kinds of things, completely beyond the realm of anything authorized in the United States Constitution. And and it's uh, here's another little interesting side trip. I mean, uh, uh, the 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 Face Act, uh, the Freedom of Access to Clinical uh, Entrances Act of, well, it went into effect in 1994, passed in '93, basically. Congress, and this was during the Bill Clinton era, adopted this to allow uh, greater access to abortion clinics. But to get it passed, they had to say they're going to protect also um, anti-abortion counseling organizations, pro-life counseling organizations. Well, what's happened since Biden has become president is that there's been an egregious... um, Enforcement, let's put it that way, to, to arrest pro-life people that are around clinical entrances to abortion clinics. But, but there's great acts of violence and uh, imposition on pro-life type clinics. But nobody will take any effect. There aren't any uh, you know, federal officers that are protecting those people. Uh, and they're, they're just absolutely, it's a one-sided disaster. We live in a society where those that hold office, that hold the reins of government anyway, not everybody, but certainly the vast majority of them, have become at best cowards on principle. They no longer even give lip service to the Constitution. We could talk a a little bit. We talked, I think, last time we visited about the executive order that came out uh, October 7th in regards to uh, capturing and spying on Americans uh, based on an executive order, a stroke of the pen, law of the land, false statement, but uh, but but basically, uh, yeah. Hold on, when idea. a stroke of the pen violates the supreme law of the land, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, they need to be impeached. Okay, no because question. they're absolutely outside the law without authority. They're acting as a rogue agent, ladies and gentlemen. And what's supposed to happen is the Congress should be the ones to jealously guard their authority, to call a halt to the con game, to say the jig is up, to tell the tale in the media, to make sure people understand the proper role of the Constitution, to make sure they understand the checks and balances, and most importantly, to rein in that abuse of power, to rein in that criminal activity outside the law, Dr. Bradley. This is what people need to understand. There's no way to sugarcoat this. There isn't. Uh, here's here's the, the, the issue. The Constitution was not meant to facilitate a smooth and collegial and kind of kumbaya kind of uh, government. It was their power resisting power. That That's really what it is. The Constitution is a document that delegates certain powers, withholds all others, and each department or area is supposed to protect their jurisdiction, if you will. All legislative authority is granted only to the legislature, the House and the Senate. The president has no authority whatsoever. The court has no authority whatsoever. 
If they overstep it, there are checks and balances that are in place. The legislature can say to the Supreme Court, you ain't got no jurisdiction in this area, unless it's specifically delegated in the Constitution, of course. Marriage, abortion, whatever. You pick any of the things that they're dinking around with nowadays, and, and you'll find that they're all overstepping their bounds. And nobody's pushing back. The Congress should say over our dead body. I'm you pushing back not. hard, ladies and gentlemen, every single day, six days a week sure. on the Sabbath. I pray and rest, and then I come back at it again. We've been doing this for over 25 years, ladies and gentlemen. Sadly, though, we've just, you know, compared to some, we've got a tiny footprint. Now, it's amazing uh, how, uh, you know, pardon this uh, phrase. I don't mean it to be a violent phrase or whatever. We punch way beyond our weight, though, doctor. <laughs> That's true, and it's really funny. I, I mean, it's not funny. It's It's kind of encouraging to me um i do webinars as you know every thursday night and and we publish those uh, videos and they're on our, my bit shoot channel freedom's call uh, they we're still trying to figure out how to get them on my website embedded like they used to be before youtube uh basically uh cut my head off and but but uh, so i do that on thursday nights we get them published by midnight usually and they're out there Freedom's Call, people can go look at them. We got a couple hundred, probably 250. Uh, we do our little radio program a couple times a week and all that kind of stuff. Okay, all that backstory. But what I find absolutely fascinating is some of the really big footprints, you know, in terms of the media that are out there. You know, you talk about having a pretty small footprint in terms of what we'd like to do, but I find it fascinating. Within a day, sometimes two, after some of the things we discuss or I discuss on my webinar. Oh, yeah, um, then they start the, talking about it. It's like, they? where did this come from? <laughs> and what's really interesting, and they'll probably stop now because they're listening. No, they, they won't. Use exactly they use the same phraseology. They can't, they can't prepare. They can't get the information uh, together, even with their millions and billions of dollars. They can't bring the content to the table. They don't have the wherewithal, the know-how, the experience, the uh, intelligence, the context. They don't have all that, and they can't do it without it, Doctor, because they're not prepared. Well, Satan is not too creative. I mean, he, he just has a rote schedule that he uses to destroy us. But the idea that we, I hear, I go, wait, 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 I said that. I, I, I said that last night or yesterday, whatever. And, and somebody says it. But here's the thing that's fascinating to me is some of the major media outlets take and they try and spin it in a destructive way. Like they want to debunk what was said because they really can't let that take root. where They don't want it to bear fruit. But I find it fascinating that... That exact phraseology is repeated within a day or two of something that we brought up, you or me, or or maybe on my webinars. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt. And there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? 
The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Ladies and gentlemen of the domestic affairs in the country, uh, affairs in the country are not enough to shock you with the uh, pro-death agenda that seems to be on the minds of all Democrats. Even Republicans who claim they were pro-life now are backing away from it, backing away from, in my opinion, the whole purpose of government to protect life liberty and property look the most innocent among us if they can't be protected you think the rest of us will be good luck with that ladies and gentlemen god almighty will punish this nation for our abuses and when we get a chance to reject pro-death and stand for pro-life and then the republicans who claim that's what they were all along betray that and the democrats go um full out full bore to to promote pro-death it is disaster ladies and gentlemen now listen to this they say the chinese military is catching up to the united states and they can invade Taiwan this year. We've got some serious problems everywhere, Doctor. Everything is on uh, right on the cliff. I don't know whether we'll go over economically, whether we'll go over because of war, whether we'll go over because punishments from God, but all things are brought to the brink, I'll tell you that, sir. Well, I, you know, there's a lot of people that are, you know, claiming disaster is imminent. If, if China's going to invade Taiwan this year, they've only got a few more weeks. And I think China really is in the catbird seat right now in so many ways. We have given them most favored nation status. We're giving them all of our money. We're shoveling money. We're pouring money, uh, just boatloads of money into China. And let's be very clear. We're pouring it straight into the Communist Chinese Party's military as well. There's no question about that. And and so I, I really do believe they're an absolute threat. And uh, but I'm not so sure it's going to happen by December 31st. But here's here's the deal. That statement that they're they're catching up with us. No, I I think that they're far advanced in many ways. They have hypersonic missiles. We have no defenses against. I mean, they could launch hypersonic missiles against a carrier group, for example, and uh, completely either annihilate it, sink it on the spot or use EMP, electromagnetic pulse uh, technology to be able to. Uh, disable much of their capabilities. I mean, everything's solid-state devices nowadays. But Bill Clinton gave uh, uh, submarine propulsion technology to the uh, uh, Chinese communists uh, when he was president, and we could talk at length about that. Every time we go into a, another unworthy 
unconstitutional war and we send in, whether it's our stealth uh, aircraft or, or we use some of our encrypted technology, we use our codes, whatever, everybody's listening, everybody's watching, whether it's to watch for the, for the signature of one of these stealth aircraft on a radar screen, uh, what kind of signature that gives, or whether it's listening in on our, uh, our codes, uh, our frequencies, um, every single thing. We're wearing out our equipment in unconstitutional wars. We're wearing out our people. Everything I can think of is on a bad curve. You know, it's a downward, destructive spiral in. We used to call it when I was in the service when the plane spiraled in, it augured in. You know, this is this is where we are right now in our international situations. People all over the world hate our guts. Why? Because we bomb anybody and everybody we want to get our way. We facilitate uh, we surrogates. We pick sides. We instill dictators. Yeah. We, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And now it gets worse domestically as well because COVID shots are becoming part of childhood the vaccination child. schedule, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. They're untried. They're untrue. But Ben Armstrong uh, over at The New American um, had an incredible article in a podcast about this. Headline basically talks about the CDC is willing to play vaccine Russian roulette with our children. That's Ben Armstrong. It's all about the money. Approving the vaccine for children will protect, quote, Big Pharma from lawsuits. And will get, they'll get liability protection forevermore. That's why they're willing to poison kids. These are the same people, by the way, who kill babies in the womb for money. This is not new, he says. Uh, this is si- Wow, doctor. Well, here's the deal. Yesterday, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, zero credibility in America's public health. I mean, there, there is nothing, nothing left. They're a completely captured agency by the industry, by the pharma industry. The incestuous relationship between the both of them is absolutely appalling. It, you, you leave a senior position at a pharma company and come over and sit in a seat for a while at CDC and after a while you go back to the pharma company. Big bucks paid everywhere all along the line. Yesterday, the panel that voted on this voted 15 to zero. That tells you how completely captured they are. 15 to zero with, I mean, the, completely untested. I mean, well, they might have tested it on eight rats. I mean, and I, you say, oh, you surely you jest. No, I don't think I'm far off. This coming into the children is completely unnecessary. The, the effects of these so-called COVID stuffs are, are I mean, the, the vaccine has a much higher propensity or probability of causing problems with children than the disease itself. The disease itself comes and goes. The, the vaccine comes and stays, and it could be infertility. It could be autoimmune diseases. It could be polio-like uh, response kind of thing with Guillain-Barre disease or, or Bell's palsy or whatever. These kind of things happen. Heart myocarditis and, and uh, strokes and pulmonary problems, blood clots. The, it, the list goes on and on and on. Hundreds of thousands of injuries of mostly from adults because they, they're pushing it now down to the children. This is diabolical. We don't know what the next generation will have. To, uh, will there be any fertility? Will little girls be able to have babies when they grow up? We don't know. We just don't know. And here's the deal. 
Now, some people I have a lot of respect for, their capabilities and knowledge and everything like that, are saying that this is being driven into the children's ranks and the childhood vaccine schedule solely and only to give it, first of all, the billion-dollar market that it'll have because if every kid has to get it, the states will have to decide whether or not they're going to put it on their vaccine schedule. But most just reflect the CDC recommendation. So the billions of dollars more into the coffers of farmer. But in addition to that, it, it basically canonizes it and gives it, according to some people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whom I have a great deal of respect for in his effort to expose the nefarious plan, there, him and many others believe that when it gets on the childhood vaccine schedule, that basically says they're protected forever against any lawsuits for damage done. See, right now they're protected by the emergency use authorization. They say, no, it, we're going to cover it, national government. They can come in, jab everybody, billions and billions and billions and billions of profit. But when that expires, they could be exposed but they found a loophole in it that says, oh, no, we put it on the childhood vaccine schedule. Ha! We've got it snookered. We can go forward and not have any, any liability in the future for this. It's protected by that stupid idiot law that needs to be repealed that was signed into uh, power when uh, Reagan was in office in 1986. Remove it. Get rid of it. <clears throat> in America, we believe people should stand for their own um, well, their own sins, if you will. And uh, they believed that in the American Founding Fathers, what they said in the Declaration about the King, what they wrote in the Constitution, what our jurisprudence has always said, you don't get a pass. If you do something stupid or illegal, you can be brought to task. And, and we just have quit doing that. Everybody is locking down the uh, every avenue that could be uh, pursued and, and we are going to, uh, there's going to be a whirlwind. With this CDC ruling, I fear, I don't know when the wrath of God will be turned loose, but I can't imagine him looking on his little children as they're imposed upon by this illegal, unconstitutional, unjustified, unscientific, you can take any opposing position you want and be fully justified in it. I, I just can't hardly believe. I don't know how soon. We will have the wrath of God, but it just seems like it's got to be in, it's, it's got to be approaching. Whether it's a well, and Senator Rand Paul just emailed out and said this that to make your point, Doctor Bradley. He says this: Our government has decided that they've got unlimited power as long as they declare an emergency. Now we're in a quote permanent state of emergency. Joe Biden just extended his quote emergency powers for the COVID-19 pandemic that he himself claims is over. But they won't but let go of power over it, it doctor. He, he keeps getting it, even though he's uh, double-vaxxed and double-boosted, and, and it keeps nailing his feet to the floor. The thing doesn't work. It never was tested for efficacy and safety. And, and that uh, bef uh, testimony that was given before European Parliament here a week ago, uh, yeah, the Pfizer exec is saying, no, no, I... Now, we didn't really have time to check it for that. What idiots, what buffoons, and, and the, they're not letting up. This is not going to go away because, uh, I, I mean, most Americans have said, we're done with this, we're, we're over this. But no, the official 
storyline is going to continue to be. But, and if but they let me explain this, though. Congress needs to impeach Joe. He doesn't have any right to, to declare and extend right. emergency powers forever. Right. That's not within right. his jurisdiction or purview. Or ever. Or ever. It's never his power. Well, I mean, I mean I, if there's a catastrophe for a, for a few minutes, he has the you know ability to say, "I got to unilaterally act." Now let's get Congress in the mix, and I mean, th- there is a check and balance, and there is is something to it. If there really is a true emergency, uh, it's rare, it's limited. But see, we we seem to we've literally been in an emergency powers act our whole lives, Doctor. Well, at, at every turn, and if if they could do this for. Whatever choice they've done now, what about, oh, we've got an epidemic of firearms deaths. <gasps> we've got to do this. We've got to declare an emergency. Let's collect them all. I mean, the Wicked Witch of the South Pacific has been doing this in, in uh, New Zealand for so long. And the Wicked Witch of, you know, I mean, well, I guess I better not start naming governors. Uh, and the w- Wicked Warlock, I guess we could say, when you bring the governors of Utah and everything in. Whatever. Everybody thinks that, oh, Panic sets in. Look, during the era of the Founding Fathers, they had malaria. They had smallpox. They had the dengue fever. I mean, there were yellow fever. Whatever. These kinds of things happen. It doesn't mean we suspend religious liberty. We don't suspend the freedom of speech. We don't put everybody in violation of habeas corpus. We don't lock everybody down and say, okay, everybody, we know we haven't had any... um, you know, review by courts or, or uh, any justice at all on this thing, but we're going to say you all got to be locked in your little uh, home while we sort this through. No, there isn't any authority to do that. And and if you say, oh well, you know, well maybe maybe they could impose, you know, something like, uh, you know, um, something about habeas corpus being suspended. Uh, that that's what happened is they suspended habeas corpus. Uh, by locking us all down without any uh, hearing. No. And by the way, that is a legislative authority for a short period of time, not the president. That was, Lincoln usurped that in 1863, and they've kept it ever since. But no, that's, none of that's constitutional. We've got there you have up. it, ladies and gentlemen. You want to learn more Dr. Scott Bradley's uh, webinars? His Collegiate Series, all available at freedomsrisingsun.com. Uh, Freedoms Call is another uh, keyword. You can look up and check that out. Hour one on the can, hour two coming up for Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally. That's the only time we believe in liberalism is when you donate so we can carry our message forward. It is about God, family, and country. It is about the supreme law of the land and our fidelity to it. God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, a two-hour hard-hitting bonanza on your radio. This freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, this is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. It is October 21st. In the year of our Lord, 2022. Now, 
Dr. Bradley tipped off an important topic that I want to drill into, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to understand all this. And this is kind of the problem uh, with what's going on here, all right? Here's the question for you, ladies and gentlemen. When can a president declare a national emergency? Right now, there's a lot of discussion surrounding this, and let me tell you why. There is a National Emergencies Act on the books, signed into law by President Gerald Ford on September 14, 1976. The National Emergencies Act, if you will, uh, NEA, is what it is, okay? Uh, and the problem with all this is authority, all right? Let's just talk about this very appropriately, uh, very carefully, because you got to understand the issue is one of authority. Uh, do, when do you have authority for something? When do you have right to delegate that authority? All this is going to be the discussion point with Dr. Bradley. Um, the problem with this, uh, in my opinion, um, a National Emergency Act, NEA, National Emergencies Act, right? It doesn't matter if it was signed into law, ladies and gentlemen. Congress has authority to do something, maybe, but that doesn't mean they have the authority to give that duty, that responsibility, to somebody else. Okay? It reminds me of if I have a rental house, and I'm maintaining it and renting it, and it's making a bunch of money, and then i got to go out overseas for some reason. So I'm out of the country. So I go to Dr. Scott Bradley and say, Doctor, I need you to go ahead and run this you know, property for me. I'll give you a percentage of the profits and everything, and you do this for me. I'd love it. That'd be great. And then when I come back, I say, hey, how'd the house go? And you go, it was fantastic. I sold it, made a couple of million. I'm living high on the hog. This is phenomenal. And I'm like, wait a minute. You had authority to run the property. You didn't have authority to sell the property. Well, you delegated all authority to me, Sam, to do whatever I, no, 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 hold on a minute. And, and so that's kind of the summary and analogy of what's kind of going on here as we start this discussion. Let's go back to Lincoln. Let's go back to government continuing to seek for power. This is why they need to be impeached, because they go out of their authority with no authority, no jurisdiction, uh, no delegation from anyone. Uh, they take power under themselves, and we let it stand. The Founding Fathers sought different. Abraham Lincoln changed the game, and has been downhill ever since, Doctor. Well, let's start with Lincoln and habeas corpus. We mentioned that just before the break. Um, habeas corpus basically is that, that we can put you in jail, and uh, uh, but you've got to have a, a hearing. There's got to be due process. You can't just put them in and throw away the key like they did with the January 6th mess that's happening. That's another story, I think. But um, that habeas corpus is, is uh, found in, in Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution, that statement about that. It's also in 10, also about the states. But the fact is that uh, uh, it's, a, it's a legislative authority. It was not meant to be a long-term lock them up, throw away the key forever. It was just, let, let's say we have civil unrest. they got to sweep up the streets, and there's people out there throwing rocks, and there happens to be some people that are on the streets too. They get swept up, and they p get put in the tank, and, and then they have a quick hearing and say, oh, phew, yeah, you're <laughs> sorry, ma'am. You and your baby that were out on the stroller walk uh, got swept up, and this shouldn't be there. They sort it out, and it's not something that stays in effect, the suspension of habeas corpus for a long term. Um, but it's just in that immediate exigency of things. But in 1863, Lincoln, the executive, and his general suspended habeas corpus. 
and the generals, uh, you know, they, they were locking people up, throwing away the key. And this happened. Uh, it's it's disgusting what Lincoln did. Absolutely disgusting. In fact, there are many that uh, that would rank him as the worst president, as opposed to the best that many others rank him as, in in regards to his constitutional violations that we still suffer under. So anyway, the Supreme Court said, "No, you can't do that, Lincoln. You just can't do it." And so, what did the Congress do? Oh, well, we'll just delegate it to him. And that's exactly what happened, unconstitutionally. And we can go to, you know, experts or, or mentors or whatever you want to call them, like Locke or like Jefferson or like St. George Tucker, and they absolutely unequivocally say, no, if the people delegated an authority constitutionally, the consent of the governed, you know, that's how that works, and ratified that, the governed say, okay, we delegate to you this authority, you cannot redelegate it. So we cannot redelegate uh, anything whether it's the power to make laws or to break laws or, or whatever. And, and so that is held by Congress for habeas corpus, for example. Let's look at another thing that Congress has. Congress shall have power to declare war, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11. That cannot be delegated. And back during Jefferson's administration, um, there was a, they call it the Chesapeake Affair. It was a, basically an act of war that was perpetrated by a British warship. And, uh, oh, man, everybody was up in arms about it. Uh, there was a lot of problem with that. We weren't ready for another war with, with England yet. <laughs> and uh, uh, we would have got our clocks cleaned had we gone to that, particularly on the seas. But there, our land forces were really in pretty poor shape, too. But at any rate, everybody was beating the war drums, wanted to have Jefferson take us off to war. And Jefferson said, no, it's not my job. I'll gather. We, first of all, he took defensive action. He, he made sure that we were prepared to repel if a further attack came. And so it didn't, insult was not added to injury, okay? But he did not aggressively say, we're going to go off to war. Now, this was an act of war really against the United States. Uh, this was not something that happened in Syria or Afghanistan or something like that for all of the nonsense that they do now. The only reason we have people saying, oh, yeah, we got to protect the troops is because we put them there. The idiots in charge put them there. The troops are, are not to blame. The idiots in charge are. But at any rate, going back to Jefferson, uh, the act of war was done against the United States. But Jefferson said, I'll take defensive and preventative actions. I will prepare. I will gather information. I will turn it over to Congress. Congress shall have power to declare war. Congress got in there, looked at it, and, and cooler heads prevailed. We didn't go to war at that time. So that's the, the way things happen. And all through history, we have had challenges come to us. And there have been, as I said earlier, whether it was malaria or smallpox or yellow fever or dengue fever, we've had diseases that have come. I mean, Philadelphia was a really crappy place to be in the summer many times because of some of the the things that happened there. I mean, you get over on the Mississippi River and all of these things were rampant. People, they left town for the summer until the mosquitoes went away. But we didn't call a national emergency where we shut down religious liberty and we shut down freedom of speech and we shut down the freedom of assembly. We violated every single turn. And, and someday somebody may say, as I mentioned before the break or before the top of the hour, well, well uh, by golly, we've we've had a lot of mass shootings this year why don't why don't we suspend the second amendment for a while so while we get our arms around this thing people 
you, if they can do it for one thing, they can do it for another. It is just absolutely absurd, and there is no authority nationally for that to happen. Uh, but, but we've stopped. Oh, okay, let's go back to Gerald Ford for a while. Holy cow, don't get me started. Uh, Gerald, Gerald Ford is, an, is a poor excuse for a president. He's a lesser. After World War II, he came back and run for office as a socialist. Oh, excuse me, they called him progressives. They do again now. But he found out he couldn't win, so he became a Republican. And when it came time for picking a, a new vice president for a disgraced president, they picked him. It was almost unanimous where the House and the Senate said, yeah, we'll put this guy in. Why? Because he was a socialist. And you say, oh, he signed this law in 1976. It's unconstitutionally delegated, this emergency. Emergency War Powers Act. This, the, the stuff, the nonsense that went on after uh, 9-11, where uh, the, these armed responses were authorized against terrorists. None of that is authorized in the Constitution. And we're fighting in Somalia or West Africa or wherever now because they're saying, oh, yeah, this, this goes with the, um, the authority that was delegated to George W. Bush 19, back in 2001. Uh, because of the 9/11 uh, stuff, no, the the t Gulf of Tonkin resolution that happened, that, that dragged us into Vietnam, uh, the Southeast Asia Treaty Organization that we came there under justification, 58,000 Americans died and hundreds of thousands were maimed. All of this stuff is just unconstitutional, and and NATO stuff in Afghanistan. Stuff that we're doing in uh, in Ukraine, stuff we're doing in Yemen, people, it's just run amok. There is no end. To it the is disaster. absolutely run amok, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be clear: Can the right of habeas corpus be suspended? Is the question. Suspension clause of the U.S. Constitution, Article One, Section Nine, Clause Two states. The privileges of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. Now, the problem with that wording, ladies and gentlemen, is you've got to understand the Constitution. You've got to understand it from an original intent, and you've got to study the Founding Fathers' actions there, too, to understand what they meant and how they meant it. It can be violated and it has many times and it continues to be. We've got to stand up for the original intent of the founders on this topic. We'll do so in seconds on your radio. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. The Epic Times.
www.thetimes.com. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. So we talked about the writ of habeas corpus, but here's the problem, folks. We're playing games with words. That's how this gets started. So the question started out, when can the president declare a national emergency? Well, there's no authority to declare any emergency per se, right? The National Emergencies Act, NEA, was signed into law in 1976, but again, national emergency there's no authority for Congress or that term isn't even in the Constitution, as far as I can tell. Now, the writ of habeas corpus, on the other hand, ladies and gentlemen, had a very, very limited way that it could be suspended. If you look in, um, you know, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 2, the privilege, uh, the privileges of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended. Okay, that's the general rule. And then they have an exception here, unless when, in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. So rebellion, that's debatable what that means. The rebellion would have to threaten the safety of us all, though. Okay, you can't just take a little teeny rebellion, say, in Washington, D.C., even if you claim January 6th is that, uh, and apply that to Utah or the several states. See, there's jurisdictional boundaries. There's sovereignty questions. Okay, but the point that I'm getting at is you got to understand the rule, which is, hey, shall not be suspended. Then you got to understand the exception. We've never had this kind of an invasion or the safety requiring it in America ever in its history. Because what does a rebellion mean? A tiny rebellion that can be stopped. The founding fathers' understanding was you only match the level of the need or the necessity, right, of... Uh, safety may require it. In other words, the necessity of the safety. What level would we have to go to? There's never been a level like this ever. But the problem is Congress, without authority, ladies and gentlemen, has delegated at least 136 distinct statutory, quote, emergency powers to the president, each available upon the declaration of a, quote, an emergency, 
Only 13 of these require a declaration from Congress. The remaining 123, the president can just do whatever he wants without any input from Congress. See, they've gone rogue. They've gone criminal, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way to understand it any different if you believe in the Constitution as an absolute document. And if you believe in the understanding of the founding fathers going into this and you really study the rise of the threat or the relation of the threat to reality, this has never been justified, doctor. Well, let's go to the 47th Federalist Paper just for the fun of it. And, and basically, this is what is happening with these delegations, quote unquote, all of them unconstitutional, not a one of them authorized. All of them violate constitutional protocol. But what we are doing is we're creating a monarchy. Uh, they say, oh, he's elected. No, no, no. Listen to this carefully. Federalist 47, Madison wrote, the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive, and judiciary, in the same hands, whether of one, a few, or many, and whether hereditary, self-appointed, or elective, may justly be pronounced the very definition of tyranny. So what we are doing is placing in the hands of one individual. Again, the Constitution is a document that's entire substance is based upon power. And and basically, the it's human nature. The Founding Fathers created this document to counteract what they and we should understand as human nature, and that is to accumulate and then begin to abuse power. That so much has to be given for general government to operate. You know, these things, Federalist 45 talks about the external things they have to deal with, you know, war and negotiation and commerce and so on internationally. But the fact of the matter is that that was all that was delegated, really, with a few rare exceptions for crimes in inside the country, like counterfeiting, for example. And the rest of it was totally withheld. Tenth Amendment tells us that. And, and so they, they set up power opposing power. And uh, that was to prevent the accumulation and that abuse of power. And as they delegate this stuff, again, without any authority to do so, that grants this accumulation of powers in the same hands. Now let's go to Federalist 40, excuse me, 51 just briefly. Here's a, again Madison brilliantly stated, but the great security against a gradual concentration of the several powers in the same department consists in giving to those who administer each department the necessary constitutional means and personal motives to resist encroachment of the others. The provision for defense must in this, as in all other cases, be commensurate with the danger of attack. Ambition must be made to counter ambition. The interest of the man must be connected with the constitutional rights of the place. So what the heck does that mean? What it means is the legislature's got to say over our dead body, we will not in any way relinquish unto you, the President of the United States or the courts or anybody else, authority to do what's been delegated to us. And we will hold you accountable. In fact, the, the uh, uh, House has the responsibility of bringing impeachment charges if a president oversteps it or, uh, let's say, a, a judge or something like that. If they overstep it, bring the impeachment charges. Do it. It's a scarecrow. We never do it anymore. Well, except for, for stupid, foolish reasons that nobody can, you know, you look at the justification of the last couple of times, it's been like, huh? And even back in the Bill Clinton days, huh? 
we got the Lewinsky factor in there, and that's what they were very interested in. Some dalliance of a president with an intern for crying out loud. One of the greater problems, we, we mentioned in the last hour some of the things that Bill Clinton did, like a transfer of, of military technology to the Chinese. Holy cow! And nobody said, oh, never a whimper. But so, so the Congress has a responsibility, the Senate has a responsibility to push back. You, you just don't. And, and I've, the I've House controlling with, the purse strings has a responsibility. No question. But I have talked with sitting senators. Oh, we have a very uh, wonderful collegiality, collegiality with our, our uh, fellow senators. No, you don't. You've got to stir the pot, make some waves. I mean, the fact of the matter is the Savior came on the earth. And, and there are dividing lines. You know, the sword that divides asunder, this... Uh, we've talked about his cherubic disposition that a lot of people try and put him in and his his effeminate uh, bowing and scraping to everybody. No, he was a real man. He was a real man. He is a real man. He will return as a real man someday. And, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for in the near term. But the point and he of the is the prince is, of peace in that when people obey the commandments he has given, there is peace and stability and safety and prosperity and liberty. But when people Absolutely. don't obey his commandments, they create their own opposition. They create their own war. Because anything that violates the prince of peace, the commandments, the principles of liberty, smacks of tyranny by its very nature, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the reality that we face. And I'm not afraid to say it. So, yes, we're stirring the pot on this thing. And I don't debate Dr. Scott Bradley about this. I'm trying to highlight this. The National Emergencies Act. Can the president declare a national emergency? Well, it depends on how you define all that. We're playing games with words. These acts that are supposedly uh, modifying or adjusting or uh, supersede the Constitution, that's absolute pure baloney. Okay? You don't just supplant the supreme law of the land because Congress passed an act they had no authority to pass. They should all be impeached. Back in the day, they should have been. And nowadays, the longer we hold on to this, we should impeach them. They need to stand up and stop and say there are no emergencies uh, whatsoever, and there's no Emergencies Act. It's repealed. And we don't have authority to grant any of this to the president at all. And habeas corpus may be suspended, but it's very limited in scope. And if you understand the founding of the fathers, there's never been a case in United States history since the founding of America, the signing of the U.S. Constitution, that would justify it. Not a single one. You say, Sam, wait a minute. Hold on. What about the, uh, the Civil War, Sam? Wouldn't that... I don't think so. I don't think we had to go there. What, to get rid of slavery? What, to violate states' rights? There was just as many abuses constitutionally from the North as the South by far. So, ladies and gentlemen, we back into these real discussions. How many people have the guts to have these real on-the-ground discussions? I say there has not been a single justification for the violation of habeas corpus since this country was founded, Doctor. Well, I, I would have to use your same logic on that and and uh, what we use now is the drop of a hat logic there is no logic it's uh it's a knee jerk you know remember the i, I brought this up uh you know that the, the uh, 9 11 2001 thing and this authorization for use of military force act it's still being chased they're doing this all over the, they never let go of it by the way when congress uh quote unquote delegated their authority to suspend habeas corpus back in 1863. 
It has continued to be claimed by the president. We're talking 150 plus years later. And, and that's how things go when we get out Ladies of and gentlemen, it is treasonous and criminal and smacks of tyranny. Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman continue in seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. John Kirby of the National Security Council's Coordinator for Strategic Communications has announced Iranian personnel have been working in Crimea to train Russian pilots how to use Iranian-made drones. The United States made the statement Thursday as Moscow attempts to maintain its hold on illegally gained territory in southern Ukraine. John Kirby on CBS News. We have had great support from both sides of the aisle in Congress uh, over the course of the last eight eight months. Uh, Terrific support. I think everybody realizes what's at stake here, which is more than just, uh, you know, the town of Kherson or Kharkiv or Slovyansk. It's really about this idea of sovereignty, and it's really about what the security environment in Europe is going to look like going forward. It has changed today. United Kingdom's Prime Minister Liz Truss has resigned after 45 days in office, marked by turmoil triggering the second Tory leadership election in four months. Boris Johnson is among those said to be considering bids. Sir Graham Brady, the chairman of the 1922 committee, said a new leader could be chosen by next Friday. As the Democrats are relying on abortion issues to get through the midterm elections and the report card for Democrats running the country for the last two years, Georgia gubernatorial candidate Democrat Stacey Abrams says abortions could solve inflation. Here's her analogy this week. But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. Pakistan's election commission on Friday disqualified former Prime Minister Imran Khan from holding public office for five years. They're accusing him of unlawfully selling state gifts and concealing assets. And on a sad note, Dave Herman, who helped protect Joe Namath in the Jets' historic Super Bowl III win, died Wednesday at the age of 81. USA Radio News. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1097. 800-987-1097. That's 800-987-1097. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, let me understand a little bit about the intent of the Founding Fathers. They were designing to separate and divide power. 
Their goal is to chain down mischievous thugs, men, women, whatever you want to say, with the Constitution. The checks and balances are vertical and horizontal. And any time somebody took authority unto themselves, they were not properly delegated via the jurisdictional boundaries, the separation of powers, the checks and balances, whatever term you want to use here. Okay, they were supposed to be absolutely smacked down into compliance. Hey, there's no authority there. You need to stop it. And you need to stop it now. But we've absolutely had dereliction of duty for so long that people believe that it's acceptable nowadays. The bottom line is people should be impeached. People should go to prison. Uh, people should be uh, uh, on charges for treason. Okay, this is unacceptable. And you got to understand the founders' intent. Their intent was to make sure that nobody acted outside of authority. Nobody uh, took power into themselves that they weren't properly delegated by we the people. Remember, they derived their just powers from the consent of the governed. The checks and balances were critical. The uh, document, the contract with America, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, it had sections and said, hey, here's what you can do, and the rest is off the table. Here's what you can do, other branch, and the rest is off the table, uh, and, and, and so on. Okay, the problem is we have now just allowed this to blur and merge, and it's almost even impossible because they've morphed words and played games of terms to where you can't even intelligently discuss this in the tradition of the Founding Fathers without absolutely ripping off the Band-Aid and saying, look, what the heck is a national emergency? Well, there is no such thing, folks. That's just a made-up word for thugs to grab power. Okay, that's the problem here. There's never been a national emergency in the United States ever because what does that mean? Even when you're at war, how is it an emergency? All you got to do is stop fighting and the emergency's over, right? All you got to do is stop invading territory and the emergency's over, right? Okay, the problem is we're playing games with words and we don't understand the intent of our founding fathers. We don't understand the checks and balances and we don't insist on them. And if we don't insist on them, we lose them, doctor. Well, you summarized quite nicely um, the, the facts in the matter. What we've done actually with all of these delegations and these redefinitions and, and these resolutions and, you know, all of this nonsense that's going on is in every instance, they've been taken as blank checks. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. This emergency act oh 1976, that's a blank check to do whatever I want to do. What, Hold on. Oh, it's a criminally Clinton. derived blank check though, doctor. It is. Let's be it clear. Is. It's, they don't have the power and authority to write a check for that. And, uh, you know, you talk about the, uh, whether it's uh, endless war with that uh, authorization for military use that happened in 2001 or this idea that they can do it, uh, suspend habeas corpus for uh, sickness or your uh, religion or anything else like that. These are not authorized at all. Uh, you use a... A resolution that, uh, well, you you made a mention of uh, beginning of the this hour, in regards to you know you leave town, leave me in charge of your uh, rental, and and I sell it, but but there's all sorts of other egregious things that happened. Oh, oh well, the Constitution's still there. They say we didn't sell it. Well, I, another little analogy that I use oftentimes is, is if if we had a housekeeper here, we don't. I mean, <laughs> we keep our own house. But if we had a housekeeper to do the laundry and cook the meals and keep the house clean and she made a pass at me, what do you think my wife would say? She'd say, no, she's beyond her uh, scope of her responsibility, right? She'd fire her. She'd fire that person. And and whether it was and a And justly so. 
absolutely. If as a groundskeeper that mowed my lawn and trimmed my flowers and kept the weeds down, whatever, and, and he ends up selling the house, as your, your analogy from earlier in the hour, he's way beyond his, his, his assignment. The assignment that we have given to those that sit in office were clearly defined in the United States Constitution. End of discussion. Tenth Amendment. We didn't give you the power. You don't have it. The creature that was formed by the process of the Constitution is the general government. You know, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial branches and all associated accoutrements that are with them. They were created by the Constitution. They are creatures of the Constitution. They cannot take on uh, additional uh, anything, life, responsibilities, power, anything, unless it was delegated. The creators of the Constitution, the states and the people, are the ones that have got to keep them reined in. And, and it's like Jefferson said, uh, let no more be said of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief with the change of the Constitution. We do not delegate authority by an election in the sense that we're saying, okay, you can write any check you want. We're saying we're, we're selecting you to represent us within the limits and bounds of the Constitution. And, and you cannot go beyond that. And that's what these people need to be brought to understand again. We need to help, well, first of all, we the people. We're the reason there's a mess. It's because we've stopped taking responsibility for our own governance. And, and we have allowed buffoons and baboons and, and idiots. I mean, I don't know how to clarify and, and classify them all. There, again, I always say there's a few rare exceptions, but they're getting more and more rare, apparently. And um, and we just we're having an election well, and, right and now. And that's why we're having this discussion, doctor, to teach a principle here. You cannot use specific cases to understand the principle. What you do is you take principles and apply it to specific situations, not the other way around. Because if you understand the principle, you can apply it everywhere. If you just take a certain case and you uh, you know put it in a vacuum, so to speak. Uh, then you're not applying the principle. You might you might have an, a reason that you don't like it or something, but you're not properly applying applying the principle. That's why it's so important to uh, strictly interpret the Constitution uh, in its original uh, sense. That's why it's so important to understand the founding fathers and their views on the matter and why and what the debates were about and who was saying what for what reasons and what the concerns were and and, and this is how you uh, embody the principle. And then apply it to any situation going forward. That is what needs to happen. Or you're always going to be debating this, never with any facts, never with any stability. It's always going to be a relative moving discussion. Okay, You can't have that or you'll eventually lose the debate because everything is relative. Pretty soon it's like, well, I don't believe in God. Well, you do. I do. Well, there's no God. Prove it. Uh, now, see, you're just all psychotic. And and that's, if we're not very careful, what tends to happen with these discussions. We change a word and then say, well, hey, now it's emergency. An emergency, that's a different word. We're not violating habeas corpus. We're just talking about an emergency here, right? Okay, we're lying to ourselves because now we've gone far afield from the intent and the principle. Doctor? Well, there's an old adage, the hard cases make bad law. And everybody tries to shoehorn or, you know, pound you through a knot hole on a specific hard case. And if you don't understand the principles, those hard cases become a conundrum of uh, the, the Gordian knot that cannot be untied. 
And and so um, let let me just uh, we we need to understand the baseline, and then we can go forward. And and you're right about some of these hard cases that they're trying to to shoehorn us into to make it more difficult. Here's what Washington said in his farewell address. If, in the opinion of the people, the distribution or modification of the constitutional powers be in any particular wrong, now emphasize wrong, nobody can say, oh, we've got to change the Constitution because it's wrong. No. What they're doing is violating it. And that does not make it wrong. It makes us wrong. Okay, so let me go on. It be in any particular wrong, let it be corrected by an amendment in the way which the Constitution designates. But let there be no change by usurpation. That's what we're doing right now. For though this in one instance may be the instrument of good, yeah, we found a hard case where we think we ought to, you know, maybe do it differently. It is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. So what we're doing now with all of these exceptions and these redefinitions and to hold our mouth just this way or that way or whatever, we're destroying our free government. And this has been going on literally generationally. I mean, you look, I mean, Woodrow Wilson, yeah, for, yeah, it was before that. How about that? Oh, it was Lincoln. Oh, yeah, how about that? How about, you know, and you can go back. There were instances of efforts to change it. I, I think of something that happened February 7th in uh, 1792 in the House where they tried to redefine uh, the welfare uh, clause of the Constitution. I mean, they we're talking almost moments after the Constitution was put into effect. There has been a constant drag on this. The Illuminati, I mean, I, I don't know exactly when the Illuminati got in the United States, uh, but I know it was at least from 1784, which was, you know, three years before we even had our Constitution Convention. There has been an effort to destroy the freedom of the people Oh, wait a minute. Let's go back even farther. Satanic. The satanic effort that predates mortality even. There's always been an undertone, but we've got to stand on principle. Got to stand with God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen. There's a California law that got put in place to highlight the exact point we're making. We'll tell you about it in seconds with Dr. Bradley on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The CDC just reported that 7,218 people died after receiving a COVID-19 shot. 
Granted, vaccines are a complicated concoction of chemicals, and as with any medical experiment, it can take a long time to get it right. This is not the first time people have been hurt when vaccinated. What is different this time, and so concerning, is the reaction to these death numbers. Let me explain. In 1976, the government vaccinated 45 million people for swine flu. A total of 53 people died after getting that shot, and the U.S. government immediately halted the vaccination program. Why? Because authorities decided it was too much of a risk. Why would they halt the program back then for 53 deaths, but now, with over 7,000 deaths, they are using every method possible to force it on you? In fact, now the health authorities are using their power to silence anyone who dares to question the COVID vaccination. Why? Why is anyone that questions COVID silenced? Even doctors are being censored. What's up with that? Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, who's got the guts for hard-hitting talk like Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman? Nobody, I tell you, in the nation, nobody. But we get it done to the best of our ability to tell the tale of liberty in the traditions of our founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. James Madison on tyranny. Look, you cannot put all these authorities in a single hand or it's tyranny. All right, California Governor Gavin Newsom. He criminally signs a bill making it easier to, quote, punish California doctors who spread COVID disinformation. Top epidemiologist warns that it's a chilling interference into the practice of medicine. Now, I go way further than this uh, head epidemiologist. It's beyond just chilling. Okay, it's criminal. I don't care if the House created a bill and the Senate passed the bill and the president, or I'm sorry, the state governor signed the bill, the president of the state, so to speak, Okay, they're all criminal. They don't have authority to make a bill that determines if I spread, if I'm a doctor, first of all, licensing me and restricting my ability. That's one discussion. But another discussion beyond that is, hey, who's going to define misinformation then? That same governor, that same, quote, state Congress of California that determined that if you go against their, quote, will, what it means is no doctor can cite against a politician. The politician knows more regardless of the doctor's credentials, regardless of the facts in the case, and, hey, who decides misinformation versus factual information or truth? Uh, the government thinks they can. This is criminal, and this violates exactly what we're talking about, Dr. Bradley. I mean, this is a uh, prior constraint. Uh, this violates the First Amendment. I mean, I look at, for example, our state of Utah Constitution, or Article One in the state of Utah is basically a restatement of the uh, Bill of Rights. And uh, by the way, the religious liberties stuff and the freedom of speech and the press and, and uh, you know, habeas corpus and everything else is protected in that. But as I look further down, I mean, there's a statement in the Utah Constitution. It's in Article 6, Section 30. You got to get it out. Well, I mean, you know, most people probably will never look at the state of Utah Constitution, including the governor and the senators and the congressmen there. But it's... Uh, their Article uh, 6, Section 30, is a continuity of government uh, during emergency clause. They, they thought about this when they were writing it. And, and it says specifically, under subsection 2 of it, it does not permit officers to act or these temporary measures to be contrary to the Constitution and applicable law. See, that, that is a clear statement. 
an, an applicable law cannot be contrary to the Constitution because it's paramount and superior to the Constitution is paramount to any legislative enactment. And so this is a clear statement of the, of the effect of the limits and bounds of constitutional government. And it doesn't matter if you've got an emergency of this thing in Article 6 of the Utah Constitution where, oh my goodness, we've got an emergency. But you can't violate the Constitution. You just can't. And and news. Oh my heavens, uh, that guy's a fruitcake in every way, shape, and form, and and that's the nicest thing you can say about him. But the fact of the matter is, he may run for president. Can you imagine? And and that's how far we have strayed. Where we the people have come to understand our government so poorly that fruitcakes run it, or dementia cases, or uh, I don't know what you'd call Kamala or Pelosi. I mean, uh, I, I think they're, maybe they can't blame it on dementia. Maybe it's just incapacity mentally. I don't know what it is. But the fact of the matter is we, the people, have the responsibility to elect and hold their feet in the fire every single person. You know, whether it's the housekeeper we have in our home that's trying to break up a marriage, they got to be fired. They've got to be, or the groundskeeper that, that sells, tries to sell the estate because they, they, for some reason, think that the assignment gives them the responsibility to do whatever they want. No. The limits and bounds of every person in government are clearly stated. And uh, you can't overstep those bounds and, and be honorable in your oath of office. The fact so is, right now, nonsense. the American people in the great state of California should jealously guard their liberties and absolutely remove everyone who voted for this from office for literally acting outside of their scope of authority and acting in a criminal manner. They don't have authority to do this. They did it. Newsom should be gone. Uh, all those who uh, voted for it in the House and the Senate should be gone. Uh, and this should be an absolute great check on power where the people say look we never delegated authority for you to do this kind of stuff you don't have authority it's, it's not going to happen again and you could say well sam that's sure a harsh response no i'd even go further and say you ought to try to criminally prosecute these people uh as well but th the point that i'm getting at is if americans were to stand up on a few of these cases and and, and double down um we wouldn't be debating this all the time because politicians would know you know what you do that and you're gone you represent me wrongly in that where, where you don't have authority and stuff like that. When I elected you, I didn't give you authority, and your oath of office prohibits your authority, and, and so on and so on and so on. Hey, if I violate um, any financial issues, like if I'm a mortgage broker and I take someone out to lunch and say, hey, can you give me loans? You know what? Then they say that's a conflict of interest. I can't even take you out to lunch and ask for you to give me loans. All right, it's pay to play is what they call it. But yet these guys can literally do this, and we're not going to have harsh uh, penalties. Folks, we have got to get engaged here. And if we don't, we're going to absolutely lose our country over these very issues, Dr. Bradley. You know, we could debate, you know, maybe not debate, but we could certainly expose the um, fallacious reasoning behind licensure laws and how they, they too, are constrained in, free, in the free market. But, you know, you talk about, oh, they, these doctors, they can't give any... Uh, contrary information in regard to COVID. Well, I, for more than 31 months, I've been again giving contrary information 
to what the establishment view is. And you know what? It's being borne out in every single stroke. I mean, while we've been on the on the air, I've been getting text messages, holy cow, um, about things that are verifying the fallacious reasoning that's going into what the establishment has said about the safe and effective vaccines and about the application of those and about the danger of those. I mean, I, my phone is being pounded here. I'm glad I've got it on silent of, of people that are that are texting me things that are happening today. And and you say, well, these these medical doctors are going to be prevented. You know, Newsom and his little cronies in the in the California legislature are saying, you guys got to keep your mouth shut. You know, you got to toe the line. You've got to go with the establishment. The establishment is playing to the profiteering of the pharma companies. And Sam, we've been saying this for more than 31 months, and and it's a First Amendment thing. And opinion or not, what's happening now is, I think, demonstrably evidence that what we've been saying for more than 31 months is is the truth. And how many people, how many have to die? How many have to suffer for any period of time and maybe for life? Well, I mean, some of the lucky ones are maybe dead ones. When when I see some of the things yeah, that you are and happening. I are suffering for life as it currently stands uh, yeah. over a lot of this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there you have it. We wanted to double down on that because I think it's a critical discussion to have. Elon Musk is planning to let go of almost 75% of Twitter's 7,500 employees. <laughs> he says the uh, company's overstaffed. He wants to bring it down to about 2,000 employees to increase profitability. I just find this thing uh, uh, comical, uh, Dr. Karma. Bradley. Um, it's karma. It's comical. Yeah. It's uh, what the heck is going on. And now everybody's writing going, oh, my gosh, you can't do that. This would be horrible. Uh, and now they want to try to um, criminally go after his business dealings, saying the government will work on preventing him from being able to do this. I mean, it's insane. Well, in a way, it's kind of like California. I mean, I have had discussions with – I mean, there's – People politically interact with sometimes, and and some Californians are trying to make it criminal, or some kind of fine involved if you remove your company from California. It's like what? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a it's minute! I, I can't. It's like no, no, no. You you must stay here and contribute to the profitability and prosperity of California. And it's no. You guys have made it readily apparent that that not only am I not welcome here, but you guys are idiots that are running this place, and I'm going to vote with my feet, and I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to take my, my business and my jobs to Idaho or wherever, you know. And and, and there's people that say, no, no, you, you can't do that. You must. I mean, and it's like they're in control of every aspect of our life, the air we breathe. I mean, and yeah, they, they try to do that too. I mean, uh, through all of their environmental Yeah, things. it's illegal to burn coal now, right? Well... It shouldn't be. I mean, but, of course. but here's the deal. Uh, uh, the, uh, have you heard of uh, ESG, uh, environmental, yes. environmental social, social governance? governance. That's, that's how they invest. That's how, you know, like BlackRock invests based on your ESG. And if, you, if you're into sustainable energy and you, you're into, uh, you know, the, uh, the transgender things and, and you're into governance with social democracy or whatever, we'll invest in you. And and you know what? There's some states. I mean, uh, BlackRock is probably well. They were ten trillion dollars strong here, probably a year ago. They lost a half. Beginning of the year. But at any rate, 
a lot of states that have a carbon footprint in terms of their, uh, you know, they produce coal, they produce oil or something like that. They're saying, no, we're not going to invest our state funds in it. Louisiana's withdrawn, uh, I think, almost $800 million. Uh, West Virginia's And we need it. to get Texas all states to withdraw from these psychopaths, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Vote with your feet. Starve them out. If you're woke, go broke. I mean, and we the people are responsible for the kind of stuff that happens in our country. And I, I really hope and pray that uh, places that are woke, and they'll, they'll have a chance to go broke or straighten it out. I mean, it's America. They can say, no, we were wrong. Churches can turn around and say, we made a bad decision on this, and we're sorry, and we want to make it right. And whatever, businesses, any institution, any I'd have tremendous respect if they would. Holy cow, so would I. Oh, my heavens. I can't hardly even believe that that they continue to double down at so many organizations they double down with their when it's really demonstrated i mean the cdc uh the the fda the yeah they admit they were all wrong on vaccines and they change everything but yet they still double down and make this part of the children's standard vaccines to be received uh, while it's still quote what emergency authorization isn't that where we still are but that that's what they're going to do they're going to say oh because they've approved it onto the child thing now it's fully authorized. And now states can go out and make it part of the requirement to go to kindergarten. Do you realize what is going to come from this? Do you know well, The only how good many news is maybe children? enough parents won't put their kids in kindergarten anymore. That's the only good news. Or, or any kind of school. Get them out of the cesspool. Get them out of the toxic waste dump. I mean, bring them home. Fulfill your divine role, people. Raise those children God gifted to you. They're a priceless gift from God. Quit Roger that. Amen. Holy yeah, bring it. Dr. Bradley for president's all I'm saying. Thanks for being alongside yeah, for the yeah, ride, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. It will be archived at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Donate liberally. Every penny will help us grow our ability to tell the tale worldwide. Thanks for all that you do. Uh, understand that you can check out the weekly webinars from Dr. Scott Bradley, their video, their Q&A, they're interactive, they're incredible, and they're all available at freedomsrisingsun.com. Look for Freedom's Call uh, to learn more and learn about his collegiate series to preserve the nation. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bush, when we declare this nation shall endure, we follow the Prince of Peace. God save the Republic of the United States of America.